0: Chaotic (laughs) energy. Don't give me a routine. I want to operate on my own plane.
1: Lawrence, I'm just very free around uh, how you do things. But what you quickly learn after you you nearly get fired for not delivering on stuff is that your ability to manage yourself gives you the ability to be able to step up and then manage other people. It's learnt behaviour from some very disastrous early 20s where I nearly got stuff incredibly wrong. Um, I don't believe for a second uh, that people can't learn this.
0: well hello everyone and welcome welcome to another episode of the finding equilibrium show delighted to be here and delighted that you're here and delighted that my guest today is narelle burks and narelle is the chief uh, hr officer for Cantar, based in singapore and i'm really delighted because i know narelle you have a a super busy schedule and i'm really delighted that you've uh, managed to squeeze us in today so how are you today
1: I'm fabulous Lawrence and always time it's an important topic and I'm um, really great to be chatting to you as well in sunny Singapore.
0: (laughs) <laughs> sunny Singapore, which is wonderful. And sunny, sunny Sydney, where I where I am today. So, so chief, uh, chief uh, human uh, resource officer, big job, big responsibility. For people who aren't familiar with Cantor or or the work that you do, I'd love to uh, understand a little bit about your personal journey to this point, like how you became the chief uh, human resource officer, and a little bit about Cantor and um, you know what you do as an organization.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, why don't I start in the reverse order? So, Kantar so is an amazing organization. So, Cantar really understands brands um, across the globe. So, if you think of your biggest companies out there, we work and partner with them and help them to understand their consumers, where opportunities are, um, the type of advertising and messages they want out there, but also the types of experiences. And a key part of Kantar is really ensuring that we're representing everyone across society in advertising and marketing and ensuring what they're getting, the solutions, the services and the support they need. So we understand brands um, and, we, and we help companies to do that uh, as well. Um, in terms of my um, personal journey, it's funny, Lawrence, looking back, it looks like an amazing journey. Going forward, it was an interesting <laughs> process um, to get here. But but I think the easiest way to look at it is there were a couple of different... Um, Stints that I did. So I I grew up in a farm in Australia um, on the Murray River, for those people who know Australia. Um, And I spent about 10 years in corporate Australia in a variety of roles. Um, So, you know, sales and service um, type roles, but then moved into training and development and and HR over time, and then broadened those skill sets out. Um, And then the second stint was what I call an adventure, where I decided to go overseas, join a cruise line, upend my life (laughs) as you do, you know, that sort of key period in your late 20s where you go, what am I doing with my life? And am I where I want to be? So I joined a cruise line, I met my husband. He was from New Zealand, I moved back there. I um, joined an assistive technology company because it seemed like fun. Uh, I met Stevie Wonder and then I joined New Zealand cricket, which was amazing. And so did a a stint with a range of not-for-profits. And then I came into my third phase, which was really um, getting into market research and uh, marketing organizations, which I didn't know a lot about, um, and taking on bigger roles. So started off in Australia, moved to Singapore with a company and then took on broader and more complex global roles. So I've done global head of um, inclusion and diversity for Canta. So we have about 26, 27,000 employees. I've done global talent learning and leadership, which is all about how we organize and how we develop leaders and managers. And then a combination of CHRO roles like this um, as well, and a combination of regional as well as global um, roles and that's where i am now so it's been it's been an adventure and my advice is always say yes to the opportunities Lawrence.
0: that's amazing era wow so many i love the way you you've organised your life into these chapters you know part one part two. so <laughs> so
1: looking back it doesn't <laughs> look that way looking forward no, it never does
0: never does <laughs> but yeah what what wonderful how many employees did you say at Cantor at the moment that you have for
1: yeah, it's it's about twenty six to twenty seven thousand employees wow. at um, Canter. Yeah, and it's an amazing, absolutely amazing organisation.
0: Wow! So it's a lot of people, and in the um, in the and you, you and let's kind of jump in and just talk about well being because we're we're now. I mean, I'd love to say the pandemic is over, but it's kind of you know it's over and it's still there, if you like, um, and we're kind of learning to live with it, but. <laughs> As is often the case, you know, negative things happen. And then once in the fullness of time, we realise that those negative things actually lead to um good things. And from a cantor point of view and from a well-being point of view, I'd love to understand how what happened, you know, how you dealt with yeah. um supporting the well-being and the wellness of um of the of the people that you have responsibility for.
1: Yeah, I, I think what I would what I would first say is um going into the pandemic. If you had have asked our leaders and our our managers and our employees whether it was possible to run an organization remotely, the answer would have been no. like that there, there were just so many, so many barriers to that. And I think, um, and I was still looking after global inclusion and diversity um when it happened. And what I will say is the pandemic was the greatest leveler in terms of inclusion. Um, across our organization, because all of a sudden, everyone had the same situation, the same concerns that they were going through. Everyone was working remotely, struggling with technology. But really importantly, all of a sudden, everyone had a face on the screen and a voice. And, <laughs> um, and really interesting was watching how, how um, our leaders adapted to that and managed share of voice And so when you think about these things and you think about people's, you know, mental health and well-being, inclusion is a huge part of that feeling that I'm valued, that respected, that I have a voice and that I have a say. And um, it was the greatest leveler of all time. All of a sudden you could talk to anyone, anywhere in the world and have a conversation. Everyone had the same screen. (laughs) You were on Zoom, you were on Teams um, all of a sudden. Um, And also, I think the etiquette changed in terms of people raising their hands and being more polite and wanting to hear from all of those voices on the screen. So so the first thing that I would say is I think um, the pandemic was the greatest leveler and also challenged our views and assumptions on how we work and where we work, which which I think was brilliant. I think what it also showed us is that a lot of our management techniques were based on face to face, seeing people, observing people, knowing how they're working in front of you. Um, And what the pandemic um, showed is that when people work from home, the boundaries that are naturally set up between work and home disappeared. So one of of, um, the favourite comments I got from um, an employee was where, you know, we're so flexible, we're 24-7, we're like McDonald's, we're always on. And you go, well, that's not quite right. (laughs) So, you know, so that that distinction between travel and coming into work and having those natural breaks that had been set up for a long period of time and reforming those habits and behaviours. And what it showed us is managers needed a different skill set to manage in that environment. They needed different support. Um, But really importantly, they needed to just connect and not necessarily with a purpose. So checking in with people, making sure they're okay. Um, And what we developed out of that was um, an entire well-being framework around that, which was and it started out with small things, which is, you know, how do we support people's know health and well-being from home are you connecting in regularly we then started to set up some guides around well how do you manage effectively in a remote environment and how do employees feel safe in that environment and is it okay to have your pet your cat your dog or your grandmother in the back absolutely that is fine everyone can come to work these days um and then over a period of time we started to so we celebrate global Um, mental health and wellbeing day. And then we developed a holistic framework out of that, which has been around for probably about the last 12 to 18 months, which said, okay, we've come out of the pandemic. We've started to, you know, change the ways we work. Our managers are connecting more on topics. Our employees are looking for support. So why don't we actually review what wellbeing means to us? And so at Cantar, we have a holistic policy, which is based around, yes, mental health and ensuring that, you know, we're checking in on that and mental um, health first aiders in the workplace, but it's also financial, um, physical um, health, as well as the social and work interactions that you happen. So there's four different levers around that. So we've put that into place. Um, We've also made policy changes around it. So if you think of Lawrence, when you were working from home remotely, you could do a lot of the activities that happen day to day. And so we also introduced life leave so that when people come into the workplace and if they need time out to do stuff, they can still have access to that. Um, And we also brought in more support with um, our employee assistance program because Our employees and our families need more help around that space, but also there's a manager assist place where we might not have the skills internally to help our managers, but they can get the access they need with it. So there's been a whole range of things, but the starting point was recognising the way we work has changed, the boundaries have changed, and the way we think about that and the type of culture and climate and leadership support we need needs to change as well.
0: I love that. So it's really managing and it's like using well-being or well-being as a way of um, recognizing and supporting people through a change, uh, a change process, which is ongoing. You know, we've heard this continuously at uh, our Wellbeing at Work summits that um, change isn't like a beginning and end, it's this continuous um, evolution. So I'd love to understand. So the so within those for that framework, um, I'd love to understand some of the um, uh, some of the activities that you've done. Um, you've you've touched on that, and also how you as an organization measure that, because we know, like during a uh, during a, a the pandemic um, was a burning platform, and people, you know, normal rules go out the window, and we're all kind of in a kind of survival mode almost. But then, of course, once things get back to normal, um investment gets questioned and um is this really adding value to the organization they're the types of uh, questions so i'd love to understand how you measure impact and sustain that continuous investment to support your people
1: yeah and, and i think measurement's fundamental so um and, and we do a lot of surveys so we have to make sure we do the same thing in, in our organization
0: of course it's what yeah we it's what we do measuring
1: <laughs> consumer behavior and understanding um, so 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 I think we when we went through the pandemic it was it was really important to understand whether we were providing the right support for our people and so we had different questionnaires that go out in terms of business continuity are you getting the support you need are we helping you do you need any assistance whether it's you know working from home and equipment and resources to do that or whether it's that the support that you're getting from your managers And so I think what we did well was actually tapping into that and going, How are you? Are you okay? What do you need from us? So so we did that. And then over the last um, over the last couple of years, what we've fine tuned is actual mental health and well being topics in our um, engagement um, surveys. So we have, like most people, we have an annual as well as an always on um, listening platform, Um, and we actually built that built that into our um, we call it cares. We built that into cares, which is. You know, do you have the ability to manage your life, however that looks? um, And do you get your support from your manager for that? And overall, how are you in terms of um, feeling supported by the organisation? So we have questions that measure that. Really importantly, we also have a manager index within that which goes into questions around are you supporting their mental health and well-being, but also around what are you doing as a manager? Are you getting feedback, you know, coaching? Do you understand what's required of you in terms of performance? You know, is the team environment the right environment? So we measure it on you know, the mental health and wellbeing, but we also measure manager um, impact and effectiveness through that index as well as we go through. So I think we, we do a really good job on job on that. We had our um, our CARES um, survey come back in in uh, January, February. And um, as a company across the group, we score in the 80s around mental health and wellbeing. So what our people are telling us is, we are giving them the resources and we're creating the culture and climate we, we want, but more importantly, managers are taking it seriously. So we do measure that. I think what we also know, Lawrence, is that while the pandemic, um, I think it's ended, sort of ended, while that's sort of, you know, that's ended and we're, we're travelling, I think there's a different um, pressure that's coming on. So if you if you think about going into the pandemic, which was uncertainty and you know, change and not knowing how things are going to evolve or when it's all going to end. But if you think about this period we're coming into now after that, which is one of do I have job security? What's happening with inflationary pressures? You know, is the company doing as well as it needs to? What is the pressure on the workforce as a result of that? And I think we're going into another time of immense pressure on our, on our people. Um, and I think we need to be really careful around what are people's ability to adapt and adjust to this new normal out of that? What are the lessons we can learn from um, COVID and what do we need to tweak? And I think that process we're continually working through, which is, are we doing enough? Should we be doing more? And we do measure that regularly.
0: Mm, no, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So, and it does come down to where the responsibility lies, you know, because as organizations, you know, clearly you've done a lot and you've put a lot uh, in place and you're listening and, uh, and uh, adapting based on, uh, based on uh, the feedback that you're, that you're getting, uh, but we are continuously changing, continuously uh, evolving, and, and some people may not be as equipped. But in your view, I'm curious to understand where does the responsibility for wellness lie? Is it with the organisation? Is it with the individual? Maybe a partnership be p- between both? What, what what What's your view?
1: Yeah, uh, and Lawrence, this is probably where I have a, a strong, strong point of view on it, which is I think um, it is a combined responsibility. So I think from um, an organisational level, do organisations have a responsibility to provide the right culture and climate that enables you to manage your work and life, whatever that means for you? And the answer is yes, you do. Safe climate, a climate where people are supported, a climate where people can be themselves as well as the ability to manage their time and their work is absolutely fundamental. So setting the right practices, policies and frameworks around that. And then the other piece organisations should do is help with tools and resources and building capability around that. So um, it's a new capability, relatively new in the organisation in terms of what people need to do um, and help them to adapt adapt and adjust to change um, resilience or any tools or support that they need. So the company should provide... The culture, the climate, and the resources to help with that. Leaders have a responsibility to um, support the welfare and well being of their teams. And that is everything from are they getting the right feedback? Are they getting the right coaching and support? Are they clear on what they need to focus on? Are they be giving the autonomy to do the work that they want to do? Um, Do they feel that they're a part of the team? And also, am I checking in on them to see if they are okay? And if not, can I help them get support? So leaders have a role to play. But the primary responsibility sits on the adult, which is the employee. So um, I think at times um, we can take a very um, we can take a very nurturing um, role in an organization and individuals are not clear on what their responsibility is. So my view is that an individual is responsible for their health, they're responsible for working. They're responsible for looking after their life, paying their mortgages, doing all of those wonderful things. And the most important thing that they're responsible for is ensuring that they're healthy and that their well-being is good and that they're making sure they're putting the investment into themselves to do that. Now, we can help them with the resources. We can help to check in with them. But at the end of the day, each individual is absolutely accountable for their health and well-being or getting the resources they need to help support that or to work through it and and find a way to manage it. But I, I think at times we're very focused on the company and the leader, but you cannot read people's minds. You cannot be in their heads and understand what's going on for them and you cannot dictate how much they work or you know um, the capacity or the capability or that side of things you can set standards you can help them to adjust around that but at the end of it they're them they're an individual and they're responsible for themselves
0: yes interesting and i guess what co- what goes through my <laughs> my, my mind is what <laughs> what goes through my mind is leadership because it comes back to because often we think of leadership as leading other people oh. But really, the, the most uh, basic form of leadership is self-leadership, you know, taking responsibility for our lives and um, and um, and leading. I'm curious to know whether you're doing training or any type of um, intervention, let's say, to help people with that self-leadership, with that responsibility. And because, you know, ultimately, sometimes and, you know, this is human nature, sometimes we don't want to take responsibility for our own life. We want to blame the company or we want to blame whoever you know for our own situation and um, but as an organization getting the balance and it is about balance and um, because sometimes there are systemic and we see this a lot you know systemic issues and um, and the people are, are not set up for success and um, but it certainly sounds like you're helping to set people up for success training leaders training managers Um, and then it comes down to OK, this is my life. I've got to kind of live this life and take, take responsibility. <laughs> but people may not be used to that um, because it comes back to change. And as we know, people don't like change. And the so curious to, to, to know whether you are training people to, to be more empowered, to take more of a, a self-leadership approach
1: yeah and it's a really good question. And what I will say, Lawrence, is we're on a journey. so we're we're not perfect, there's yeah. tensions. I would love to say that everyone has fabulous leaders and that it all works perfectly. and and it doesn't, right? So so I think under times of stress and change, and we're in another period of time like that, people don't always necessarily do the things that they need to do so for anyone listening on canter we have more work to do and when we're not we're not there yet and we need to we need to get better at it but i do think we recognize it as a challenge and an issue and something that we need to continually work on so there's a number of different things we do so i think one of the first things um is really around helping people understand how to work smarter and how to manage, so, so if you think about Kantar, we manage projects and we manage clients. So at the heart of being able to manage your time and have more time in your calendar, there is a piece in there around how do we help you to be more effective at the work you're doing? How do we take out work that's um, not important and reduce the load on you on the stuff that frustrates you? Because quite often what we find in times of change, the stuff that frustrates you is the stuff that drags you down. So how do we improve that? So there's a big piece around work processes, using technology, that side of things. The other piece is for individuals, um, we do have different training going on. So we have access to LinkedIn Learning. We have a Kantar Academy, which is set up. We have um, information sessions on resilience and change. We have an entire approach to change that's in there. But really importantly, along those dimensions of well-being, we have sessions that help people out. So if you're worried about your financials, you're worried about your health, the amount of sleep you're getting, the nutrition you're getting, or how you juggle social and work, there's different sessions around that. And our global inclusion and diversity um, committees ensure that there's activities set up around that. And each year we celebrate Global um, Mental Health and Wellbeing Day and everyone gets a day off to do something that that's there. So So there's a lot of activity around if you... If you need support on training, if you need help on information, if you need access to resources that are going to help you, um, they're there. And then the other piece that I would add in is for our leaders, which is around, you know, there are times when you can help and there are times when you need to know when it's outside of your area of expertise. I'm not qualified to help. I need experts to help Mm -hmm. with that. And I think um, one of the things big companies have in place is employee assistance programs, but ensuring they get the manager assist part of that, which is if I have an employee and as a manager, I'm wanting to support them or help them to get access to stuff because I see they're being impacted, but I don't feel qualified to help then I can call up this service globally and they will help guide me through it. And there's manager toolkits and there's access and there's tips and there's coaching that they can go through that. So, um, Lawrence, I agree with you. I think it's a combined responsibility um, across the different different groups. I think employees, um, you know, us providing them with access to resources and training that they need is important, but they need to know when they need help and when to access it. And if they don't, our leaders need to be able to check in with them and provide that. So I think there is, um, I think there's checks and balances around that. But what I would say is, if you're working for an organisation and you feel your health and wellbeing is suffering for whatever reason and you don't feel you can fix it talk to someone (laughs) and have a conversation and get access to support because there is plenty of support out there you just need to let someone know you need help Mm,
0: now that's uh thank you for thank you for sharing that because I think often people feel that they they can't speak to people and they get very stuck in that um uh, in that uh, uh in that situation but it sounds like your your um your people have got a huge amount of resource a huge amount of support um at their uh, uh at their um disposal and you can see that through the um i think you said 80 percent people of people felt felt that Absolutely. there was enough, which is and great then, i mean that speaks volumes yeah
1: yeah and there's always pockets of challenge and pockets where you, you need to look at it but i think you know do you recognize there's an issue and do you recognize what's driving it and are you putting trying to put the big systemic support around it and then work with individual leaders um, to help guide them and I I think that's the starting point it is a journey but putting that in place so you can sustainably start to look at ways to manage this is really important.
0: No I agree and I love what you said about the EOP because a lot of people may have access to EOP services in their workplace but not realize the management support piece because that's often the big stressor in in a management's job how do you deal with um, somebody who is um, suffering and um, they're not skilled to do it and uh, and therefore being able to bring in those uh, experts at the right time is a huge support for their well-being as well as the um, as well as the 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 individual
1: and Lawrence the other thing that I would that I would say is um, it's not something that's done it's a bit like exercise regularly and I think what people go is I'm okay until they're not. And so I think regularly checking in with yourself, whether it's a a daily reflection or weekly or monthly and just going, am I actually okay with how I'm managing things? Um, Because small things can make a change, you know, whether it's a change in your kid's schedule, whether it's a change in school, whether it's a change in how you're working, coming back to the office. But just that thing um, around, you know, mental health and well-being is never done and you're constantly changing and it can fluctuate daily, weekly, monthly and yearly. And so, you know, um, setting up the right mechanisms to just check in on yourself, I think, is really, really important as well.
0: Yeah, no, I, I love that. Just um, to move in the conversation on a little bit, I'd love to talk a little bit about what you do to really support your own well-being, because... You know, clearly you have a very big job, a lot of responsibility, a lot of change, um, and you are a person as well. <laughs> <laughs> Which we forget, right? <laughs> Which means we, we forget, you know, because as a leader, everyone's problem is your problem, and you're there to support everybody. And um, and we hear this a lot in our community that um sometimes it can feel it can feel like do as i say not as i do and um, so in terms of your own practices to to help yourself be in balance to be able to do your best work and to be able to cope with the change to uh, to, to deal with all of the um you know the unforeseen events that occur every day um, do you have any practices that you could um, share with our um, with our audience
1: yeah absolutely so so i think personal effectiveness is the number one <laughs> so outside of every other That's capability and strategy and for results and commercial and all of that stuff is personal effectiveness for me is the biggest deal breaker from leaders who are successful and can manage their energy and time and those who can't and who put that pressure on their team. So if you do not have a handle on your personal effectiveness, that is how you spend your time, the rituals that you have in terms of setting out your day, Being clear on where you are, um, where you have capacity and where you don't and how you work through that is a core fundamental. So what do I mean by that? Um, So each day I have a startup ritual and shutdown rituals, Lawrence, which helps me to ensure that I'm getting the most out of each day. And I do that each week. So I know that for my energy levels and the capacity of work that I need to do, I need to go to the gym. (laughs) So I'm high energy. I need to go to the gym. It helps me to get mental clarity and focus. I review my day each day. I'm clear on the big three that I need to do so that I don't get lost in the noise of day-to-day tasks. Um, I'm really clear around how I shut down and how I close out my day and how I review that. And I have those weekly um, practices set up, which are around, am I eating the right amount? Am I tracking my sleep? How much um, downtime am I getting? How much screen time am I spending? Am I balancing the work hours that I want to? And then each um, Friday night, I um, I have date nights. So I'm very clear that, you know, I see my husband. It's normally for a glass of yeah. wine, Lawrence. I love the wine at the end of the week. Okay. And so um, I'm off at 5 p.m. So I work really hard during the week. And then in on a Friday night, everyone knows that I'm off and that gives me energy back to get through the, the next period of time. So I'm, I'm clear around what I need to have the energy to be able to focus. And I'm really clear around where I focus my time and what meetings I put into my diary. And so I, I think if you haven't got a system, whether it's getting things done or it's Michael Hyatt's work or it's any type of system, for managing yourself and where you spend your time, get one. It is absolutely key. And the last thing that I would say, Lawrence, is um, from the outside in, I look like I'm, you know, I've got a, you know, I'm always on and I'm always working, which is not true. It's just I'm really clear on where I spend my time and the capacity that I can work out and what I can get done in a week. But that's because I ruthlessly prioritize and schedule what's important. And I think that's key. If you've got something in your life that's important, schedule it
0: or it won't happen yeah i completely agree so it sounds like you're really good at uh, managing your boundaries and um, between all the different parts of your life has that always been the case or did you like have you uh, some people are more naturally um systems type people like more organized and likes and you can see as children and um, they start to develop whereas others can live more in a chaotic kind of way and um and then start to learn these behaviors and learn these skills where 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 are you i'm curious to know whether you've always chaotic been chaotic <laughs> energy don't give me a routine i want to operate on my own plan
1: lawrence i'm just very free around uh how you do things but what you quickly learn after you you nearly get fired for not delivering on stuff is that your ability to manage yourself Gives you the ability to be able to step up and then manage other people. And so what I would say is um, it does not come naturally. Yeah, anyone you chat to would say, I'm organized, I'm efficient, the capacity and the ability to work through work is it, is incredibly good. It's learnt behavior from some very disastrous early <laughs> 20s where I nearly got stuff incredibly wrong. And so um i don't believe for a second uh, that people can't learn this in fact i think it's one of the key things that if you don't learn it in your 20s it hurts in your 30s and 40s to pick it up because the stuff that you hate so if i think about it i hate routine can't stand it yet i get up and go to the gym every day why do i do that because the benefit of doing that and the routine helps me to switch off but i also know it's a fundamental in my energy so sometimes the stuff we hate Lawrence is actually the most important stuff to get right so if you're chaotic and it works for you great if it doesn't change it,
0: <laughs> no, it can be. It's, it's like I, I think well, <laughs> I really relate to what you're saying it's funny and um, but sometimes the um the things you hate, are like the medicine. Really, aren't they? That you really want to do, you know, you hate your routine. And then routine is what you really need to be able to <laughs> to, to, to be more personally um, effective. I love that. We're almost out of time, and I've got one last question, which I ask um, all of my guests. And um, this is the Finding Equilibrium show, which obviously it's all about balance, because that's what we uh we believe is really the route to well-being it's not about extreme behavior sometimes you need to go to the extremes to find the balance but what does finding equilibrium mean to you
1: yeah it's such a good question so it means that I'm able to sp- I love life and it means being able to spend time doing the things that I really enjoy um and, and also the right amount of challenge and complexity. So I get bored easily and so for me equilibrium is being able to balance the different aspects of my life which are important but also within that finding the right amount of challenge and complexity and an excitement and an adventure and fun. And so if I think about work it means doing work that's interesting and challenging, but also being able to do that in a way that works for me and that I can manage with my life. So equilibrium is about um, balance. And I I wouldn't say um, that it is linear. So I would say that that is over a year, multiple years and a lifetime. So there are times when you are on and your role requires to be on and you're running hot and you need to keep up with it. And there are times um, where it's a bit like a sprint, where you have downtime to think and to do things. And so for me, it's not about every day being in equilibrium, but it is on balance. Am I doing more of the things I want to be doing in a way I want to? Am I spending more time doing the things that give me enjoyment and energy? Um, and over a period of time, does that feel like enough challenge and complexity and enough balance and freedom and fun? Um, and if the answer to that is yes, I'm good. And I am, I I I tend to find that balance um over a period of time if it's not there. Yeah,
0: no, I, I I love that. And um one thing you've said, um, which I think is probably uh a practice that often people neglect is reflecting and reviewing, because um, some, and it's always the case, I mean, sometimes we're so busy, you know, I, I grew up in the world of marketing, and often you can go from one program to the next, because there's no time to stop, but I learned, you know, through my own life experience, that when you do stop, that's when you capture the learnings, which you can then take forward, um, and, and it's the same with life, you know, you've talked a lot about reflecting on your day, the top three things, you know, some of those, that, that, those things, but often we're too busy to stop and reflect. And of course, that's to uh, to our detriment. And so I just really wanted to kind of underline that, because it doesn't take long, but the impact of uh, reflection uh, and capturing the learnings is significant, um, because we do sort of repeat the patterns, don't we, if, uh, <laughs> unconsciously? <laughs> But Narelle, thank you so much for, for, uh, for coming on the show and for sharing uh, your, your knowledge and your wisdom. Let me acknowledge you for everything you've done. I and mean, it's an incredible um, journey. And I'll, I'll, I'll pick that as a word you used, but it is a journey. And I think with every journey, sometimes we really want to get to the destination. But the journey is our life, and we need to enjoy the journey, that, whether it's the ups and the downs, uh, that that uh, that will get us to um, you know to a place of um, of of balance. So, thank you, Narelle. Where can people find out more about you and the work you do, and the work that Kantar does?
1: Yeah, so so I'm I'm heavily connected. So I'm on LinkedIn um, under Narelle Burke, and um, if you search me, I will accept some equal opportunity uh, LinkedIn connector. So you can do that. Um, and if you want to know more about Cantar, go on to our Cantar site, um, www.canstar.com, and have a look under careers. Um, and you know it has some information there. But if you want to know more about wellbeing, um, check me out on LinkedIn. I can send you some information.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Narelle. Have a wonderful day and thank you uh, everybody for, for your time, for your attention. And we will see you. See you very soon. See you next time.